0: Good morning, everybody. Good job, children. I just like to get a look and see who's here. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Certainly happy to have all of you, and and uh, we're grateful. We have a lot of people that watch us online all over the world. It's fascinating. Uh, who watch us regularly and watch the whole service. And uh, we're just grateful to have you be a part with us. And uh, we're, we're thankful for each one of you and you, your blessing. So so welcome here, uh, down here in the Keys today. It's a little cool. It is uh 57. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. It took a while to find that number. How much is your watch today? 61? 61? Oh, well. My watch says it's 57. And I'm up here right now. So, <laughs> so we'll go with 61 because she's my wife. Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we uh, are in a series. We're going to continue on in called keep and step this series um, we started actually before advent and we took a little break during advent so we can talk about the christmas story but we're back in now And really what i'm trying to do in this series you gotta know the the reason behind this series is i'm trying to encourage you to read your bibles i want you to everybody here to read their bible all the way through that's my heart and uh Um, You know, I I started talking about how there's many, many believers, and it's a significant number, who've actually never read the Bible all the way through. they read it, they've read parts of it, they've read it for years, but they've never actually read it all the way through. And it's so important that you do. And in this series before, we set a really good foundation so that you knew the story. And I said, once you know the bigger story and how it all fits, the Bible will come alive alive to you in ways that maybe it hadn't before. Asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate it for us. And then digging in. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that you will never, ever encounter unless you read it for yourself. There's not enough Sundays to uh, to, get, to get to it all. It's that much richness and depth. So it's an amazing, amazing thing. So read it. Remember I said it takes, if you read 15 minutes a day, six days a week, you'll read it in a year. It takes 80 hours to read through the scripture and that'll get you there. Uh, and, you know, my Bible reading plan. And Bible reading plans are great if you can stick to it. The problem with most of them is you miss a day or two. And then you can't catch up and you, you just toss it and you never go back. So my plan is just start whenever you can, schedule a 15 minute time, read 15 minutes in the Bible and then pick it up right wherever you left off the next day and continue to do that. If you miss a day, no big deal. Pick it up the next day. And read and get through the whole New Testament, start Matthew one one, work your way through when you 're done with that, jump back into the Old Testament, start Genesis one one work your way through, and press in. There are some spots where you have to press, but press in it 'll be worth it so um, we 've been talking about how that works and how amazing it is and knowing the story, and we introduced this series you know back in deuteronomy the word 's got to be in your heart and become your heartbeat, get in your mind, and you live it out and then we decided, I decided, we would move into Galatians together and work through Galatians as a, as a book. And, and you can see then how everything fits into the bigger story and what you're looking for and how to apply it to your daily lives and how all that's supposed to happen. That's what happens with the scripture. So that's what we're up to. We'll be in um, Galatians 4 this week. We were in Galatians 3 last week. We talked about Abram, Abraham, uh, how important it was uh, hearing and believing. That's a huge part of the whole story. And we also talked about... Um, Holy Spirit, uh, and, you know, as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, and I'll talk more about that today. But we'll be in Galatians 4 together. So that's where we're heading today, and it's an Exodus story, because um, that's what Paul is doing. He's weaving in the Exodus to this whole thing. Bad joke time. These were quite bad, but I enjoyed them. If you put a photo of yourself in a locket, then you can say that you're independent, Well, that was the best one. So. <laughs> so locally here we have a place called No Name Pub. A lot of you have been there, go for pizza and stuff, and they have, they have dollar bills all over the wall that have been there for years and years and years. Here's the thing, and don't do this, but here's my question. If, uh, if you took a dollar off the wall there, would that then be Waldo? <laughs> I told you the first one was the best. Just barely able to do this one, because Alice was like, it's right on the edge. I ran out of toilet paper, so I had to use old newspapers. The times are rough.
1: You're encouraging him with these potty jokes. I'm sorry, but they're encouraging me.
0: They're encouraging me to take these further. (laughs) Come and pray for us, please. Lord have
1: mercy. He doesn't tell me, you know, when he's going to do those bathroom jokes, so sneaks them in on me. But anyway, we just like to keep it real here. If you're visiting, I apologize for that joke. And if you're family, you're used to it, right? (laughs) Let's run to Papa, shall we, before we read the word. Mm. Daddy, Abba Daddy, how we love you. How we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Come, Lord, and minister your word to our hearts. Father, I pray no one would leave here today without feeling more loved and more in love with you. Father, in all of our lives, let there be less of us and more of you. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Because when your goodness passes before us, we don't want to miss it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you please stand with me for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Galatians, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Blessed be the word of God. You may be seated.
0: All right, so remember what's happening here in the, to the church in, in Galatia is that um, it's been going well. There's a lot of Gentile uh, believers that have come to know Jesus, and some people have shown up from the Jerusalem church, that's air quotes, and what they're doing is they're telling these new Gentile converts that they need to be circumcised. So it's, it's more than just the actual circumcision, it's, They're saying they have to be under the entire law. They need to go back to the entire thing. They need to be following all of it. And Paul is always against that. He's against it here. And he's saying that's not the case. And in fact, um, if you go back under the law, it's like going back into slavery. That's the point he's making. That's why all of a sudden all these, these slavery references have come up. And so he's introducing the idea of exodus because people would have known that part of the story. And so that's what we're looking for as we begin to read this fourth chapter. And um, remember I said last week that it's about knowing Jesus. That's what makes us the family of God. And that was the, the big sort of idea, is that if, you, if you've come to know Jesus, you're part of Abraham's family and you receive the family inheritance Holy Spirit uh, is a deposit guaranteeing that inheritance and all that it means. So all those are very much Exodus ideas. Well, and this all ties back to where we were last week. We were in Genesis 3 for a little while last week, or Genesis 15, pardon me, talking about the, the promise that God gave Abram, what he heard and believed, was that his offspring, his family, would be more numerous than the stars in the sky. But during that time, God also says, listen, um, the seed, your family, your offspring, will be enslaved for a season. This is going to happen with Israel uh, and in a, in a very real way in Egypt. And it also happens to all of us because we're in slavery and bondage to sin. It's a, this picture that's happening with Exodus. But he says this in uh, Genesis 15. Thirteen through fourteen. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they'll be enslaved and mistreated um, four hundred years. Uh, and um, they'll be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. Uh, and so we, we understand that this happens. You know the story. If you read on in Genesis and you, you get Abram and Isaac and Jacob and then Joseph pops up at the end and through a whole series of hard situations for Joseph, he ends up as the number two guy in Egypt. Um, Jacob, Israel, they come under a lot of hardship. So at some point they move. The whole family at that point moves into Egypt and there's about 70 of them then. And then there's this 400 years in history where eventually they're enslaved and they grow into a pretty big um, group, uh, a nation of their own, and and yet they're treated as slaves. But on that day, back in verse uh, 18 of chapter 15, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants... I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaeites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Lots of sites. And, and listen, whenever you're reading the Old Testament, just so you know, if you're especially reading out loud, just read it like you know how to pronounce every one of those names and no one will ever question it. Because... <laughs> The chances of you reading in front of a Hebrew scholar are almost non-existent, okay? And most of them that are would just give you a lot of grace for it anyway. So anyway, that's how you read it. It's a picture of inheritance, of, of rescue into an inheritance. That's what God's going to do. You're going to be in slavery, but I'm going to rescue you because you're my children, and I'm going to give you this amazing inheritance. And, and that's what we have to understand as family. And, and so why would we ever want to go back to slavery? That's the whole point, and that's what Paul is telling these folks. Now, the, remember back in the ex, actual Exodus, the people of God often said, we'd rather go back because they didn't, if they missed them. People are funny. They would miss them. God would do miracles, and they'd miss a meal, and they'd say, we need to go back, because it was better in slavery. And and so this was that. This was what was happening um, during this Exodus time. But Paul's saying you, you'll always regret it if you think that there's any sort of life to be had back the way it was before you knew Jesus and found life. So he, he brings in the Exodus story. And uh, the, the key terms, because you might miss the Exodus story, because it actually happens here in a couple of chapters, although he's talking about it all the time. The key things that are happening are redemption, adoption, and inheritance. And that's what's happening in the Exodus. So do you remember that the Exodus, and I've been setting it up here, but just in case, you can go back and read all about the Exodus. But the, the people of God, the, the family of, of God, they, they are in um, captivity for over 400 years. God comes in a miraculous and mighty way, and he moves in their lives through a series of 10 plagues, if you would. Very important, though, because um, in each one of those plagues, he's not only demonstrating to his people that he's God, because they don't know him. They've been in this thing 400 years. They don't even know what it means to be fully human. Uh, And so they don't know about God. So he's demonstrating who he is and that he's powerful and that they can trust him. He's also demonstrating to Egypt, who believe in all these false gods, that he is the one true God. And each one of those plagues kind of sets itself up against one of the sort of areas, if you would, of a false god. And he overwhelms them. God does in all of it. Ultimately, um, Pharaoh lets the people go. They go to the Red Sea. Uh, and they get out there. and After they've collected a whole bunch of cool stuff from all their neighbors, they get paid for their 400 years. Off they go. <laughs> and they get backed up. So God parts the Red Sea. They go through. The The, the uh, Egyptian army tries to follow them. The seas cover up. They're on the other side now. They're free. All right, they've been completely set free. And then God gives them, just so we keep it in context, you know the ten words, right? You know them as ten commandments, but they're really ten words. God speaks ten times to them. And what he does is, he tells them, now this is what it means to be fully human. You need to always remember that those ten commandments, those ten things, those ten words were given to the people after they had been Rescued, delivered, and saved. It wasn't how to be rescued and delivered and saved. It was what it looks like after you've been rescued, delivered, and saved. And what it was, was a blueprint on how to be human. Love God all in, love your neighbor as yourself. That was the whole sort of idea. And they needed to be taught that because that wasn't happening at the time. And that's what was going on with that. Also remember, there's a cool thing in Exodus called tabernacle. I'll touch on that a little more. But but God's going to come in the tabernacle, and he's going to be there, and there'll be a place where heaven and earth meet. Remember, we had that in creation. You know the story. That's what was going on in the garden. That was a cosmic temple heaven and earth, earth met. But after the fall, there was no place for that to happen until tabernacle happens, all right? And, and then tabernacle goes to temple, and then we have God. There's a place on... Heaven, you know, heaven connects with earth there in the spot in the temple. And we know the temple's destroyed because Israel goes the wrong way. No temple, no place where heaven and earth meet. Then Jesus is going to come and he's going to be the place where heaven and earth meet. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But So there you have kind of the story of Exodus, and Paul is bringing that into this story. He's telling people, now that you've come to know the Spirit, now that you're the followers of Jesus, never go back. There's nothing going backwards. You'll never find life there. And he brings up these topics. He brings up redemption. And uh, in Galatians 4, 5, it says, To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. To redeem those under the law. What is the idea of Redemption. Redemption is actually a term from the slave markets back then. And what it meant was somebody would go in, purchase a slave, and then set them free. When that happened, they'd been redeemed. They were purchased and set free. This happens for us at the cross. Jesus purchases us with his blood. That was the buying price. And then we are set free. Why, once you're set free, would you ever go back? That's the question that Paul's trying to make with that. And so they had been redeemed. It's a picture of Exodus being set free. And they need to know where they fit. In the story. And then he talks about adoption. I love this idea. Because we've been touching on it. Paul's been touching on it. What does it mean to be part of the family? Who's the family of God? Everyone who comes to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the family of God. Not people from the law. Not any of those things. People who come to believe in Jesus. Who believe and hear. That's the whole thing. That's the point Paul's making. Remember, early on in this series, I said, We have to be careful that we don't cross plus. Which means we try and add anything to the gospel. And yet the church has been doing that for 2,000 years. That's one of those things we have to be aware of. And personally we do it too. We, we believe that we, we get saved and we come to know Jesus and that's what works. And then we start adding things to it. Well, yeah, yeah it's that. But then it's also this, 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 this and this. And it's not. It's, it's understanding what God has done. It's, it's believing, it's hearing the good news and responding to it. The gospel, the good news. I've already, I've already said it in here once. But Jesus came, right? Fully God, fully, fully man. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He willingly goes to the cross on our behalf. There on the cross, magnificently, he takes on all of the mess that happened at the fall. Everything that ever has happened that ever will happen. He takes it all at one point in time in history. He takes it on all of it. And then he dies and takes it down with him, all of that mess. And if get this picture, he leaves all of that mess down there. And then, to demonstrate who he is, and he has the power over everything, he defeats, so he just took care of sin, one of the enemy's things, the enemy's other thing, death. What's he do? He defeats that power too and he rises again. The firstborn, the, the, the beginning of new creation so we can see what's gonna look like and what's happening. And so all those things happen. That's the gospel. That's, that's it. And it's hearing that and believing it that gets us into relationship with God. And that's what's happening. And the people are always trying to add to it. So why do we hear from But now, because of that, we believe in that. We've heard it. We believe it. we're now adopted. We're We're part of the family of God. We're the children of God. And because you are his children, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. We are the children of God. Now, he's making the connection, Paul is, with Exodus again. With what happens and how... Israel is his firstborn. He's saying, no, you're my family. And remember, this all happened back with Abraham. And we understand how we're part of that family. Say to Pharaoh, Exodus 4, this is what the Lord said. Israel is my firstborn son. Israel, that they're my children. I care about my children. Afterwards, Exodus 5, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, let my people that my family go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. This is a, a picture of that Exodus story. All right. So we've been redeemed because of what Jesus has done. And now we've been adopted because of that same thing. We've heard it. We are the children of God. We are the family of God. And because of that, we have inheritance. It's a big part of the Exodus story. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to rescue you because you're my people. And you're going to have this huge inheritance on uh, and in your life and how amazing that is you are no longer a slave but God's child Paul says Galatians 4 7 and since you are his child God has made you also an heir we talked about that briefly last week because I said if if you give your life to Jesus Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you and that's part of the family blessing. It's the inheritance. It's a, it's a de- Holy Spirit is... A, I, I say this a lot, but I, I keep wanting you to ponder this. I hope you think about this during the week. Paul said that Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. All this amazing stuff. Here's A deposit is a part of something. Try and understand the deposit. It's not like... It's Holy Spirit. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in me. If if he is deposit on this whole thing, what is the inheritance going to be like? And I, and I pray that you'll think about it. Ask, ask God to help you use your holy imagination. I try and think about it all the time. And it's just so overwhelming. that I, I know it's hard to stay there. But you, you what is it going to be like? New heaven. New earth. Everything restored. Recreated. Back to what it was supposed to be. We've never seen it. We've seen some amazing and wonderful things in creation. But we've never seen it without the flaw and the brokenness of it. What's it going to be like in its perfected state? When you get a brand new physical body. Can I get it? amen? Amen. You ready for a new one? Yes,
1: sir. (laughs) New shoulders. shoulders, Yeah, buddy. New knees.
0: (sighs) And then restored to that original vocation we have to partner with him to make a difference on the planet. It's going to be... You just... It's so... Amazing. And for so long people have tried to imagine heaven. And that's cool. But that's not the end point. Heaven is a cool point. But it's new heaven is coming to earth. And everything happens here. New body. Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee. He's a guarantee that that happens. So it's hard for us to imagine. But we need to. And, And then the other big part of Exodus was tabernacle. I touched on it. Tabernacle. That there needed to be a place where heaven and earth met. That's always been the heart of God. That, that this would meet. Yeah, and I, you know, in, in that last series I did, we talked about that we live on the in the place where they meet. That's that's the life of a believer. We live right there where, where the water hits the shore. You know, and we walk in the midst of both. And that's what that's what we're supposed to be doing. And and so. God wanted to come and dwell with his people. So tabernacle was where that happened. And it did happen there. It wasn't like it was originally because there was a lot of restrictions on that because the people were a mess. moves into the temple and then Jesus arrives on the scene. The temple No presence of God even when the temple was rebuilt until Jesus shows up. And then John clues us in on what happened. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 14. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That word dwelling is tabernacle. He tabernacled among us. It's a picture of tying it all in. Jesus came, fully God, fully man, the place where heaven and earth met. And he came and he walked among us and did all those amazing things for us. And we've seen it. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We also know that then Jesus goes to the cross and he dies and rises again. And then he ascends to the Father. But what happens? He sends Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your bodies are temples? Tabernacle, temple, the same word. Something's going on inside you now. What's that? Holy Spirit, who is in you... Whom you have received from God, you are not your own. Now, we're the place where heaven and earth meets, happening inside of us. It is so cool when, when you get a hold of that. That's what it means. Tabernacle has happened. And Paul is telling the believers, remember I started with, he says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Having started with the Spirit, would you rather go back to something else? Now the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Why would you even think that there's anything that's ever better than that? Certainly we go through some difficult things, but nothing is better than a life that we have in Christ with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And then he, Paul brings it in this in Galatians 4, 6. Because you are his children, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So Holy Spirit, that was a point making. Now he dwells in us. We're a connection. This is part of our inheritance. It's an amazing thing. But this term, give me a few minutes. I want to talk about Abba, Father. Because I think it's wonderful. This idea of Abba Father, um, this name for God, Abba Father, it's only used three times in Scripture. Twice by Paul, here's one of them, and another time by Jesus. That's it. It's not how he's um, it's, it's often referred to. But it's pretty significant. See why? Well, there's, there's a couple of relationships that are defined here, and then Paul ties them together. So the first one, that idea of Abba, that's a very intimate sort of thing. It would be a a younger child, that's how they would refer to their dad. Daddy, it's very intimate, very sort of, you know, I need you and I know that you take care of me and I know that you watch out for me and I know that you have everything. I don't have to worry about things because of you, I've got you in my life. There would be a time in, particularly in this culture then, in a young boy's life, when he would be apprenticed into the family business. The father would say, come on, you're, you're going to come with me now and you're going to learn how the family business works. And that would be part of the inheritance, right? It would be what would happen and the child would grow and he'd, he'd finish his apprenticeship and then he'd partner along with his dad and then it would be his and he would continue to do that on and on and on. Well, this, this time of apprenticeship... Is, is sort of being about his father's business. That's what he was going to do. If you remember, when Jesus was a young man, and they lose him at the temple for a little bit, and he said, why were you worried? Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? It's, this concept of apprenticeship is going on. Well, the, the young boy would stay there, and he would learn from his father, and a point would come where the father had taught him all that he needed to know, and, and he was ready then to sort of change the role and become more of a partner in the business. So, so it would sort of be a, a almost a peer to peer thing that was happening, and and that would sort of shift that relationship from from Abba to Father. And you know what would happen at that point in time is the father, the proud father, would take his son into the public square and he would announce to everybody that this had happened. This is my son, with whom I am well pleased. You've heard that before, right? It's connected, right? Baptism. This is my son with whom I'm well It's A picture of that whole thing. And so we have these two things. And now this talks about partnering with Father and doing those things in the family that we're supposed to do. So why is it significant that Paul keeps them together? Because we get to experience both all the time. See, we are now partnered. We have vocation. God has called us to go into the world and to be his hands and his feet. You know, Jesus, we're to we're to be image bearers. We're to reflect the image of God into the world. We're to reflect the praises of the world back to God. We have all these things that we do. We partner with him. But we also have this place where we can come when we're overwhelmed. when When the obstacles seem too big. When the world seems to be upside down and undone. Not that you've ever experienced anything like that. And we need a place where we can just come and say, Papa, Dad, it's a a mess. But you're big and you got this. And I know that I can trust in you. And there's this picture of him just wrapping you up in his arms and saying, It's okay, we got this. And I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you, and we're going to do this. And and then you get that to him, and he comes, and you realize once again that he's got it, and then he says, okay, I'm ready, and you, back we go, into partnership with him, into the world around us. And I promise you, right now, the world needs to know about the love of God, and it happens through us. There's no other way. So we have to get a hold of that. And so Paul is bringing this in. How does all this apply to daily life? He says, look, when you didn't know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, I love this next little part of this verse. You might miss it. Or rather are known by God. Abba. How is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? I'll say, listen, don't ever go back. Walk in your inheritance. Understand it. Move towards it. Partner with God. Know Him as Abba, Father. And press into the world, because that's where we find life. Amen? Alice, why don't you come up? We're going to pray. And then we'll call it a morning, for this group anyway. Then a whole other group gets to hear my fascinating jokes. Holy Spirit, thank you for all that you do in our lives. That you lead and you guide and you comfort and you encourage. Thank you, Papa. In times of intensity and huge obstacles, we can come and just sit in your lap and experience your love. And know that you've got us. And and, I, I, and even now, I, I would just pray that for each person here, that whatever's going on in their lives, that they would just get a sense of crawling up into your lap, Abba, Father. And of you putting your arms around them and just loving on them. And, let, and Lord, let them hear you say, I've got you. It's going to be okay. And that this is the life that you called us to. This life of walking with you, trusting in you, partnering with you. And there's no life, no other life like it.
1: Alice? Amen. I feel like Abba Daddy has some words for his kids today. And he has a couple. And the first one is, when you were a kid, and this was kind of a family joke, you were the mistake child. And it wasn't mean or anything, but that was said over you. But um, And so you've had that thought, and it hasn't hurt you, but it's always been a thought, I'm a mistake. But the Lord wants you to know what his thoughts are about you today. And it's Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together. is the sum of them. That's how God thinks about you. Yes. He, Abba Papa doesn't make any mistakes. Yes. I have another one. And you're at the end of a relationship. There's something that stopped. And you just. You've said this to the Lord. I just feel so lost. I feel so lost. The Lord wants you to know today. That he knows right where you are. You are not lost. You've been following him for a long time. Keep your eyes on him because he's the best GPS you will ever have. Okay, two more. Sorry. When when Kimberly was singing that song about um, everything we've lost, love's returning. Somebody was thinking, I haven't. Everything I've lost, everything I've sacrificed, everything. I've I've given up everything, Lord, that I have even sabotaged because the Lord wants you to know today that he's returning to you in, in, in love, in his loving ways. Not in a fast food, going through the McDonald's, driving, but in a 10-course, 10-fold meal. It won't be quick, but he is returning it to you. And then... Rachel had this for someone, and it's a Abba, Father, when it's someone in fear of the night or worrying at bedtime. And in the night, you're worried and you're afraid. And she wants you to know today that in the same way your child would come to you in a frightened way, go to Daddy, go to Abba, and crawl up in his lap in the night, and you will be comforted.
0: Amen. 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 Very good. Okay, so... Everything begins by knowing Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need to. What do I mean by that? You, you hear and you believe. And with us, you know, the scripture says we believe in our hearts. We confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that... Now's the time. That's how all of this amazing stuff happens. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that's that's it. It's a, that's a response. And if you if you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to do it. If you're watching live, you've never done it, do it. Just also just Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that, everything changes. And I want to know if you've done that. So text the word heart to me. H A R T two three zero five seven four five seven five one three. So I know, and and you'll get some responses from that. And I can celebrate, and it's the most amazing thing that will ever happen. Best decision you ever make so there's that church i want to thank you again for your amazing generosity thank you for your faithfulness to giving and tithing and your offerings and all those amazing things that you do you're awesome that's how you do it if you're watching online or even here if you want to do it digitally that's what that would look like there's offering boxes here here and by the door over there on the exit doors on your way out and that would be great for you let's sing doxology i'd love to hear you sing this and then we'll be done May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. If you're going to head out, please head out these doors. I'll get someone to open for them, you for them, so you don't have to touch anything. And you'll go out that way. Make sure you maintain social distance. And, uh, and then, um, what else did I say? That's okay. It happens. It happened before. And uh, 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 catch some fish. Well, it's kind of cold. I don't know if you're going to okay. care. I hope your team wins. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs>
0: thank you, everybody, for watching online. We wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you for being here and for joining us. We love you guys. Galatians 5 next week. Abba, Father. Remember that. Hang on to that.
1: Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching today's service
0: from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For
1: more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.